Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. I know it's been a little bit since the last episode, not too, too long, but sports are back. The Red Sox are back, and I have missed doing these. It's been a while. I've missed doing these little like Red Sox updates every couple games. Talk about them. And the Red Sox just started, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, the Boston Red Sox. And I was going to talk about Jamal Adams. Obviously, you had just had that trade, but following day's work, we're going to be doing a podcast later today, and that's one of our topics. So sometimes I'm going to talk about it regardless of whether we're talking about it or not, but I just decided to do like a shorter episode today, and we'll save that for later. So make sure you go check that out later. But today, talking about the Boston Red Sox. MLB is back, and the Red Sox played two games so far. What are my thoughts on so far how these first two games have gone? Uh, maybe a little bit of insight in today's game against the Orioles to wrap up the first series. And my thoughts on these new start times. I don't know if anybody's picked up on that, but we're going to talk about all of that uh, starting now. So, in past seasons, usually the Red Sox start time 7.05 p.m. Eastern time, sometimes 7.10, sometimes like 7.07. Weird times like that, just after the 7 o'clock Uh bell rings. There's no 7 o'clock bell, but you know you know what I'm saying. Right after 7 o'clock, the game, first pitch usually goes up. Now, if you looked at the Red Sox schedule, a lot, now obviously yesterday was different. You had an afternoon game. Today's an afternoon game. This isn't always, but the typical start time, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time, sometimes 7.10, right around that range. This year, the typical start time, because most are night games, is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, this doesn't seem too significant, 25, 20, 25 minutes uh, behind than usual, I guess you could say. But I just think this is just another just sign that the MLB just doesn't get it. They're struggling. Now, I didn't honestly think the MLB would get that much more popular even after this whole thing. I did think, like myself, I've never been more excited for a Red Sox Orioles game. And I probably never will be. Uh, but that's not the point. Like, I have been very invested into the MLB uh, since the Red Sox first game, what, two days ago now? So these past two days have been like, oh, I'm really into it. I mean, great when the NBA comes back and all that. Might be less, but there are definitely people like myself that have been more invested after this whole thing. But at the same time, the MLB has not spiked up in popularity a whole amount because of this thing, this whole coronavirus. Because it's just not that popular. At the end of the day, not a lot of people enjoy it. And I enjoy the MLB. It's just not my number one sport. So if NFL's on, if the NBA's on... I'll take an NFL or NBA game over MLB game nine times out of ten. Maybe if it's the playoffs, it's different, something like that. But even the NHL, too. I should have thrown that one in there. But these start times, the thing about it is, personally, it doesn't bother me. I I ended up actually watching the Red Sox game, watching the after game, and then watching some of the Angels athletics game so it has no problem with me the 7 30 start time i don't have a problem with it personally uh that i can't really stay up late enough for it or whatever but a lot of people the mlb 
the MLB's average viewer is age dead. I mean, they're all old people. That That's the average age. They're all older people. So, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to get at is they have to start getting at the younger fan base. People are even younger than me. They have to start getting at that because that's the future. I mean, there are plenty of people and kids that don't watch, that may not watch a sport till they're 15 and then start getting into it. It happens, but a majority of the fans come from come from the root, I guess you could say. And by the root, I mean those younger days when they're little kids. And the MLB, the little kids like the you know entertainment. At the end of the day, they want to see something exciting. Baseball, it's not too appealing to most of them compared to watching the NFL. You know, all this hitting and tackling, and or the NBA, all these exciting dunks. Like the MLB is just too slow paced. They have to adapt. The MLB has to adapt because it's too slow. It's too slow, and I feel like we've got at this point. So what does that have to do with the start times? The MLB, one of the biggest problems is the game takes so long, and it already runs into some ungodly hour for most people. So instead, we're just going to – we're not going to speed up the pace of the play and we're going to move it back 20, 25 minutes. Where does that make sense? I think it's something to do with the commercials like, oh, you know, this is a better time slot for uh, a car commercial. That's what they're getting at. But to me, you know, maybe there's numbers on this that I'm incorrect with, but are you kidding me? Why would you bump the times back? You are going opposite direction. People want a faster-paced game. People say the games go too late, and you keep the pace of play the same and bump it back 20, 25 minutes. Are they just toying? Are they just trying to fail? So it's, that's just absurd to me. I can't believe that. Uh, I, I, that's just something I noticed. Maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm really thinking, but it's just another one of those little things that I picked up on said the MLB just does not get it. They don't get it. Now... The pace of play thing, to me, if they sped up the pace of play, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Uh, but they'd have to speed it up by, like, an hour. Because at the end of the day, what's the point of speeding up the pace of play to, you know, to make it about 20, 30 minutes shorter, but then bump the start time back 20, 25 minutes? What, to say five minutes? Like, that's not that's not what we're looking for. So it, that would be basically pointless. But the thing about it is they're not even speeding up the pace of play. They're just bumping the time back and making these games go into an even later hour. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane that the MLB would do that with the Red Sox, whoever made the schedule. It's insane that they would actually do that. It doesn't make any sense. Besides, maybe it helps commercial a little bit. I, I don't get that. But I don't know. I need to see the numbers on... That type of stuff to be, you know, give you exact reasoning, maybe the MLB's reasoning, should I say? But it just does not make any sense to me. Uh, but now, enough with that. Enough with the complaining. Although I may still have some complaining to do about the Red Sox performance in these first two games. But opening night went really well. I thought Nathan Avaldi pitched really well. He went. Obviously, he's got injury problems, so we got to watch the pitch count. But the good thing about it is with the shortened season, I think the shortened season is a win for the Red Sox. You've got guys like Nathan Evaldi who you're really relying on the season. He's injury prone, so you get to keep his pitch count down. There's less games for him going into the postseason if you make it that far. And it's another win because it definitely increases the Red Sox chance at the playoffs. In a normal season with 160-plus games and – 
less spots in the playoffs. The Red Sox, I don't think they make it this season. This is not their season to, to make the postseason or normal season. But with the expanded playoff in only 60 games, anything can happen in 60 games. I heard something the other day that there was a team similar. They, they ended up being one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know exactly what team it was. It was a team of the Marlins caliber, something like that. You know, maybe a little better than that. But it was a team like that after the first 60 games. They were like two games outside of the playoffs, and they ended up after that, the next 100 games, just falling way down the standings. But it just shows anything can happen in 60 games. It's, um, you know, when I look at it, it it's, it's like the Red Sox could end up doing terrible. I'm not saying they are going to make the playoffs, but there's a chance. You've got the expanded playoffs. It's playoff spots. You have more playoff spots than usual, and anything can happen in 60 games. So, to me, that's very good for the Red Sox, who, within a normal season, are probably outside looking in. So, I like it, and I think it's a win for the Red Sox. When I looked at the Red Sox' first game, and I watched the first game, it started off a little slow. First two innings, I mean, Navaldi pitched well. You obviously had Kevin Pollar making that catch. Uh, second pitch of the game. I thought that was a real tone setter for them. And it showed they're going to have to rely on defense this year a lot. The defense is going to be important with this pitching staff. But that pitch really set the tone. I think it kind of, you know, got of all, it took a little bit of weight off of all these shoulders. All right, I've got this defense. It was a great catch. And if he doesn't make that catch, I don't know what happens in that game. I honestly think you may see a different outcome. You know, starting off the game, I mean, the start, that first inning or two can really be a tone setter. And it can, you know, it can make or break a pitcher's game. So that catch right there, I think, definitely took some weight off of all these shoulders. And that was important. You know, it's his first game of the season. He's pitching on opening night. So that definitely was a tone setter for the team. Now, I thought Evaldi Pitt did pitch really well. I'm not sure I can rely on that type of performance every night. But what? He let up five hits in a run and over six innings pitched. He did pretty good. So I liked how Evaldi Pitch. I mean, granted, he was facing a bad Orioles team, and it was only one game. You know, I'm not sure it's going to happen every night, but he did really look like the Nathan Evaldi we are going to need this season. You know, let's say he pitches 12 games. I need that a majority of the time, whatever whatever number you want to say. I mean, he's going to have his slip-ups here and there, but we need to win as many games as possible. I mean, this season, what I like about the shortened season is – that every game matters. There's a lot more on every single game. So, you know, crazy things can happen. It's going to lead to a bit of a weird season. Like, this, how did this team not get in? How did this team get in? You know, I know 60 games is a lot at the end of the day, but at the same time, it isn't, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, some crazy things can happen, some crazy things that probably wouldn't happen if we had a normal season. I think 160-plus games is a little much. But 60 games, I wouldn't say is enough. But in this scenario, it's fine. It's whatever. And to be honest, I want to see how this plays out. I think it's going to lead to a fun season with only 60 games. And it puts a lot more pressure on every game. Like with 160-plus games, oh, we lost that game. Whatever. You know, we lost against the White Sox. You know, it is what it is. But it's just one game. But this year, one game means a lot. So... For the Red Sox, 
I'm starting to crack on them, crack down on them earlier than I would usually. But they have to win. You know, every game means a lot, especially when you're facing the Orioles. Not only are they in your division, but this is the Orioles. These are the games that are given to you. They are served up on a silver platter, and you say these these are the ones that you really don't. It's not like facing the Yankees. It's not like facing some of these higher caliber teams. This is the Orioles. You should be able to beat them. These are almost free wins, and you can't waste this opportunity, especially when every game means so much. So the first game to me, Nathan Avaldi pitched well. The relievers came in and played solid, and then the bats were on fire. The bats were on fire on opening night. They really were. And when I look at it, when I look at some of the stats – Two guys, to me, first, we'll just get the negatives out of the way. Two guys that struggled on in the first two nights. First of all, Raphael Devers. On the on opening night, he went... He got walked once. He had four at-bats. Well, he got... Okay. No, you got... Excuse me. He went 0 for 4 with a walk. Okay, because I was I got mixed up with the stats from the f- second game and the first game. Okay, he went 0 for four with one walk, and then on the second night, I'm pretty sure he went 0 for five last night or yesterday, should I say? Yeah, 0 for five. So he's went 0 for nine with a walk. Not to mention in the field, he's had two errors. I've watched both of them. He's had two errors. He's gone oh, and he's gone 0 for nine up at the plate. So Devers has never been a phenomenal fielder. So the two hours, I mean, two hours in two games at the end of the day still, though, isn't good. And I want to see improvement there in the hot corner from Raphael Devers. But on top of the bad fielding, his bat has not been good. It's early in the season. I know each game really does matter, but it is early in the season. You know, but I watched him like the first at bat yesterday. He looked like he's taking deep breaths. Like he looks like he's getting worked up a little bit. And so he just needs to get on track because we need him. I mean, he's hitting in the three-hole. He's one of our best hitters. Last year, I think he came 12th in the AL uh, American League MVP race. I believe he was like 12th. So he, you know, he's a uh, high-caliber player, all-star caliber player here that we're talking about. Uh, Another guy is Andrew Benintendi hitting first in the lineup. He went 0 for 5 yesterday, and on the first night, I'm pretty sure he went 0 for 4 with two walks. So he's basically Raphael Devers, 0 for 9, but with two walks. But in the field, I mean, he's been all right. He hasn't made any slip-ups. I haven't seen anything spectacular for him from him, but I haven't seen any mistakes either. So Benintendi, uh, he's walked twice opposed to once, and he's been better in the field than Devers. Both have sucked, though. Both have been bad so far in these first two games. One guy in the first game was really good. The second game was not. Jose Peraza, new Red Sox. And he is a phenomenal defender, phenomenal fielder at second base. And the Red Sox hit him ninth for good reason. He's not really that good of a hitter. He's not that good at the plate. And what's going to keep Peraza from starting all these games is his hitting ability. But at the end of the day, I want to see more Jose Peraza than most people. It's not because I saw a good opening day. Opening day, he was phenomenal. He went five. Uh, you went four for five. Okay, four for five. 
is very good. I know it's just the Orioles. I don't expect that every day from him. That might end up probably going down to his best day at the plate all season long. Would not be shocked at that at all. And that's not a bad day either. He scored two runs, went four for five, and two RBIs as well. So he had a pretty dang good day. I mean, when you take his defense and then that type of explosion offensively, oh, that's beautiful. If he swings the bat like that every game, he's an automatic starter. His defense is just that good. But the reason I want to see more of him, even if his bat isn't that great, we need the defense. We need the defense this year. I don't want to see Jose Peraza every game. There are going to be some games where we do need to prioritize hitting a little bit. But at the end of the day, we've got some good bats in the lineup. And our pitching staff, though, it's not so great. We've got the hitting, okay? The, our batting is probably our strength this season. What is our biggest weakness is the pitching staff. So what can kind of make up for the bad pitching staff? What can kind of bail out our pitching staff here and there and save us some runs is the defense. Yes, we can outscore another team, but Jose Peraza, he could make a key play and save us a run or two here or there. And he's just a great defender. So I want to see more of him than maybe others do, just because I think we do need to prioritize defense more than we have in quite a while in these past few seasons. So, on the first day, he went off. Second day, he only – he went 0 for 5, I believe. So, he was not good yesterday at all. Uh, you know, kind of flip of this on to off real quick. Flip that switch. But in the first game, I was pleased with the performance. Very pleased. It started off a little slow. The top of the lineup that first round, go around in the batting order, did not go good. But luckily, the in the third inning – the bottom of the order came through, kind of set the tone, and you, they took off from there. You scored 13 runs. 13 runs is phenomenal. On 17 hits, and you got your walks, obviously. So I thought you pitched well. Nathan Avaldi pitched really well. The relievers came in and did their job, and the bats did really well. Given this is only the Orioles, and this certainly won't happen every day. I don't expect that from the pitching staff every day. I don't expect that good of pitching, and I don't expect that good of hitting. And you're not going to face a team as bad as that most of the time either. So it is explosions like that happen. It would be nice to see. But that's definitely going to be one of the better games of the year. Not one of the best. One of the – it's going to be one of the better. I'm not going to say it is the best. I hope it's not going to be the best. Year. You hope for more of those type of explosions. But the Red Sox, the next day, struggled. Okay, they they – Struggled. There's no doubt. Yesterday, I keep saying like the next day. Yesterday, game two, you lost to the Orioles seven to two. That's not. Uh, that's not great. It's losing to the Orioles, it's gonna happen. You're gonna lose games to the Orioles with the amount of times you have to play this team. But the pitching, first of all, Martin Perez came in. He struggled. He only pitched five innings. Let up six hits, four earned runs, two walks, had two strikeouts. So he had as many strikeouts as he did walks. That's not really that good. Uh, never mind, that is terrible. You know, not, not that good. That's terrible. So he struggled in his debut. And this is what I'm talking about. Guys like Martin Perez. This is these are the guys we have to count on this season, pitching wise. That's that's why a lot of people have lost so much faith in the Red Sox. It's this terrible pitching staff. And then Heath Henry came in. He got the job done for his one inning. Dylan Covey came in, and he struggled. That guy struggled, too. Two innings pitched, three hits allowed, two earned runs, two strikeouts. He started off all right, but then he, he lost it from there. And 
they the Orioles basically sealed the game once they started getting hits off him. The Red Sox, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Red Sox bats got off to a bit of a slow start. But the sixth inning, they came in and scored two runs. The sixth inning, you came in and closed the gap, and now all of a sudden it's 5-2. But as soon as you did that, Dylan Covey such as blowing it. You know, and the first at-bat, he's all right. But outside of that, like, he just, oh, ow. Oh, I should punch myself. Oh, that hurt. But, man, this is what I'm talking about. Your pitchers were Martin Perez, Heath Henry, Dylan Covey, Josh Osich. Those are your pitchers. Granted, yes, you were losing. You're only facing the Orioles, so you're not going to bring out your best pitchers. But who are your best pitchers? You don't have a dominant pitching staff. You don't really have much. It's a bad pitching staff. The defense needs to show up this year. The bats need to show up. The bats were not good yesterday. The defense was meh. Jackie Bradley Jr. made a great catch, but then you also had people like Raphael Devers making errors. But the bats need to be better. They they had nine hits, which isn't awful. I mean, it's only one behind the Orioles who scored seven runs. The hits just were not coming at the right time. You had uh, Mitch Moreland hit a home run yesterday, but the hits were kind of coming in small chops. Like, you didn't get a rhythm going. That's what you need in baseball. The hits at the end of the day, they're good to see. The hits are good measuring stick-ish, but they need to come at the, the same time. You know, one, you know, if you get nine hits... It's not going to do you every good, if, any good if you get nine hits, one each inning. And maybe one's a home run or two's a home run. You know, one or two runs is not going to be enough to win you baseball games with this pitching staff. Not even against the Orioles, and that was evident yesterday. Even the Orioles can score multiple, more than two runs off that pitching staff. It's just bad. So you need the bats to score runs, and you need the defense to bail at your pitching staff. Like once or twice a game. And the hits, again, nine hits isn't terrible, but they couldn't string them together. It was inconsistent. It came in short in time intervals. You get a hit here, a couple outs, hit there, and that's just not going to work with this team. And it's not really going to work in general with any team. You know, you can hit solo shots, but most of the time a hit's not a home run. So if you get where I'm getting at there. And this Red Sox team, again, you're 1-1. One one. It's not a terrible start, but you're facing the Orioles. Today is a big game to set the tone. Because if you first series, it's only 60 games this season, and you start off that first series with losing the series to the Orioles and blowing that lead that you had at the beginning of the series, and then you have to go into a series facing the Mets for four games and then the Yankees for three and then the Rays for two, that's a tough schedule you've got coming up. So I don't, this is a big game for them to really set the tone, go in with some momentum. I don't want you to go into one of your toughest stretches of the season. I mean, this is a very tough nine game stretch you've got coming up. I don't want you coming into a really tough nine game stretch coming off back-to-back losses to the Orioles and a series loss to open the season again against the Orioles. So that's not good at all today to me. They can win this game, and they can gain a little confidence back. I'm not saying one game is going to wreck their confidence, but you know they can gain a little confidence back, set the tone, win that first series. Say, all right, we took care of business against an easy team. Now they can move on to the to this you know this tough schedule coming up. And not to mention with this tough schedule, there's a good chance you walk out of this with a losing record. 
So we need to at least start the season with a winning run to kind of balance things out. So today, definitely keep an eye on today's game. I know, you know, it's an afternoon game against the Orioles, Jesus. But trust me, I, I do think this game will Again, every game matters. I feel like I do put a little bit too much emphasis on each game uh, with the Red Sox usually, but this season, at least, that's going to be pretty valid. I mean, last season, I'd be like, oh, this is a big game, but it's like, oh, there's 162 games, Aiden. Shut up. Okay, sometimes I was right. There were big games. Sometimes I just listened back and it was just like, all right, was it really that big? Not really. Uh, but this season, it is. This season, every game just mean a lot. And, you know, with. If you look at it, if you lose today's game and then that hurts you for the next nine games, you're coming out of the first 12 games, first one-fifth of the regular season, hurting? I don't like that. I don't like the sound of that at all, and that definitely hurts your playoff chances. So uh, that's going to wrap today's episode. Relatively short episode. I know the ones that are longer do tend to get a little boring and just rambles on and on. I doubt that all of you end up listening anyway, but again, I hope I can start getting more and more into the swing of things. I'm so glad sports are back, and I've definitely got that motivation again uh, to start doing more podcasts. And then when the NBA comes back, I mean, really. And I want to talk about Jamal Adams really bad. I'm getting the itch to do it, but I'm going to save the ball in today's work. You can make sure you go check out Ball in today's work. Check out our website. Check out our podcast. We're going to be doing another one tonight, and it's really cool, really fun. I'm excited for it. And hopefully I can start getting back with after the buzzer, at least on the podcast. Uh, the Instagram page, I, it's just not not for me. But the podcast, hopefully, just my individual podcast. And I can do my Red Sox updates. I can do whatever I want here. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely am happy sports are officially back. Like the scrimmages, the NBA scrimmages, forget it. I No. Those, to me, I'm not really that interested in. Once we've got real basketball, then we can talk. Like the Red Sox scrimmages, I didn't pay attention to those either. The ones against the Blue Jays, the one against the Blue Jays, because the other one got postponed right at the beginning of the game. But, again, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you go call them on the Anchor Mobile app. If you have any questions for you, me, you want to uh, debate me, you think I was wrong about something, go for it. We have not had a caller in a while. But, again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.